Former pharmaceutical head Martin Shurecki, yeah, that guy popped on three of the eight charges he was uh, sent on to court for. Meanwhile, Jeffrey Lord gets his job cut, his ties cut officially with CNN for doing something really dumb. And the Karate Kid and Johnny, both back, both old on YouTube. Those three stories did not make the top ten for this week, so which stories actually were in the top ten? We'll talk about that and more in just a moment here for the weekly wrap-up podcast from thisisconversation.com for the week ending August 12th, 2017. And welcome to the podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I'm your host for this podcast from thisisaconversation.com. This is the weekly wrap-up podcast. And every week we go back seven days and count down all the hits we got from social media and our website, thisisaconversation.com. And we go through and scour to see which ones you really, really loved and which ones you didn't like so much and tell you which ones are at the top of the list and then go through some of the other big ones that didn't quite make it into the Royal Ten. And it's a pretty fun ride as well. We also play a game called The Brackets. And this week looks like I'll be playing it myself where we'll go through the top ten stories of the week and weed out to the most important story of the players liking. That'd be me. I get a chance to do some extra commentary inside of this broadcast about a couple little stories. We'll see what happens first by seeing which stories are the top ten. Then will whittle them down in unfair advantage order. Now, in order to be a part of everything we have going on, including the daily recap podcast where we go through the daily counts of which stories got the most reaction to you guys, it's simple. You have to react to the stories, and you can react to them by just going to your phone, your tablet, your computer, and dealing with your social media as normal. We are in a feed for Twitter that's under TH underscore conversation. We're in a feed for your Facebook that is under This is the Conversation. Make sure you set your feed settings so that you get our announcements, our notifications in your feed. And, of course, we're on a main website called thisistheconversation.com. You can check that out, and all the stories have links to them there. You can react there. You can comment there. You can share those there. And we ask you to share as much as you can with other people to get more people in the conversations. They get better. They get more awesomer. They get er, 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 er. I had a word, but I forgot what's going to go there. But they get better. So make sure we get better conversations and more people in them and more diverse people in them by sharing your conversations. Also, stop by the main website, thisisaconversation.com, for a chance to get into the survey panel. We'll talk more about that in a minute. They'll, they are our sponsors, so I am sponsoring myself this week on how we can get you paid for doing what you're doing right now, just giving your opinions on news stories and events and things like that. So you can find out more about that in just a bit, or go ahead and stop by thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. First, let's get to the top ten, and we're going to do this in reverse order, David Lerman style, if you will, going from ten to one, counting down the hits that were the biggest stories of the week. And this is one that, a week where we didn't have such a large gap between the, the top stories, but what we did have was a lot of stories that popped in very late that had a big push towards the top. And the number one story is not as surprising as it should be to me, but a lot of people love this guy, so that's why it got a lot of love. So let's get into the stories right now, starting off with number 10. Number 10 is Hurricane Franklin weakens to tropical storm after making landfall in Mexico. Now, two big storms are in the news this week, in our conversations these days, and this is one that didn't necessarily get any real big love inside its first day out there being posted. But with enough uh, 
juice, if you will, from folks going on. Hurricane Franklin uh, hit landfall a few days ago in Mexico and dropped down to tropical storm length and is basically going over Mexico, dropping lots of rain and dropping lots of water for some places that could honestly use it around this time of the year. Uh, it wasn't exactly one of the bigger storms to come through, so there wasn't a lot of, of hurt and pain to go through with the talk about Hurricane Franklin, but this is a storm that made its way into the listing and made its way into some of your hard and minds if you talk to people who live in that area. Anytime a storm of this size comes through, tropical storm, hurricane, whatever, uh, it's a big deal. So many people, since we are not so much just a straight-up American podcast, American uh, feed, we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast in Central and Southern America. Uh, this is one that may have eked up in that length because of the people we have listening there. Or just because it's a hurricane, hurricanes always bring people's attention. Now, number nine story is one that hits fairly close to home because I had a couple friends I had to check it in on this when it came down. A tornado hit in Tulsa, a rare tornado for August, but it was early August, a few days into the month, so it wasn't that far outside of being late July, actually. It hurt about 30 people total in the system. No deaths were given in this, um, at least at the time of when it was main part of the news cycle, but plenty of damage as hurricanes tend to. It was an E2, which, you know, may not have been an E5, but for the people going through this, was big enough, and there was plenty of people doing plenty of work to clean up lots of places that got wrecked in the issues. Now, like we said, only 30 people essentially were officially hurt in the actual tornadic damage, so that's a grand thing in the grand scheme of things, but the fact that a tornado hitting in Tulsa, hitting the area of Tornado Alley uh, so such so late in the season is always a worry for anyone. That may be a climate change toss. It may just be kind of a random thing, but tornadoes are a serious thing as well, and late tornadoes are always something that people have a big eye out for. No pun intended on that one. A late story that popped itself into the top 10, the number eight story. Uh, investor Benchmark Capital is suing Uber CEO or ex-CEO Travis Kanalik, uh for fraud. What's the fraud? Uber essentially is the fraud. Travis Kanalik, of course, selling Uber as the greatest technology company, and he does that to get around it being a taxi company uh, so that they can get around a lot of regulations for being taxis, which they essentially are. But... What what really happened is a lot of bad things behind the scenes. Uh, Travis is essentially one of the bros, I like to say, in technology who were kind of believed that being kind of a just you know being a pampered white guy allows him to do a lot of stuff. So inside of the company, as you may have heard us talk about many times in these conversations, they have plenty of lawsuits going on for sexual harassment and other types of just dealings with people who are not your basic white dude being a basic adolescent white dude acting dude. Uh, so that's going on inside the company. Also, there's the issue of the guy they hired out from Google to work on their atomic cars, on autonomous cars, who, they, who Google says they stole plenty of their data when they got the guy in. That's not playing fair in getting your employees. Uh, other things are wrapped up in this suit as well, but what's going to happen if it comes through is that Travis Kanalik will have to relieve himself of all attachments to this the company he founded, uh, the quote-unquote black car service, which turned into a technology service, which is essentially a way to connect people to do jobs, not a taxi service, even though the jobs are driving taxis, that he founded 
is going to move on without him. In fact, the, the investor company wants the company to do well. They just want Travis so far away from it that other people can run the company. Meanwhile, looks like that Uber is going to hire a male CEO to take over that job because they can't seem to find any women who really want to deal with the job. Not that there's no women that are qualified to be CEOs, but they can't find a right woman who really wants to deal with the mess that Uber is in. So even taking that sort of long shot chance, it's not necessarily a great chance for a woman to break into the system because of this. More on this, of course, to come. The number seven story, another man behaving badly. This is Eric Bowling from the Fox News Channel. He has been suspended after reports of sending lewd text messages. Yes, he was sending pictures of his genitalia to various female members of the staff. No one who's particularly uh, well-known, none of the stars, none of his co-hosts on The Five, I'm sure, but, you know, just general people working in a newsroom sending pictures of his genitalia. That's normally not not very good behavior, not really behavior that people are going to laud over. And because of that, he got suspended uh, for a bit over the investigation for this one. Fox News known for a lot of people, a lot of men behaving really, 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 really badly around women. And, of course, some of the women who support those men find ways to leave the station, leave the network uh, more or less gracefully. Most of the men find their way gone because they get fired. That's how things work in that area. And we really wanted to be in people's business this week. The number six story is Usher's accuser, a um, a young lady who stepped out, one of the people who is suing Usher for exposing her and other people to herpes. Now, Usher already paid one person over a million dollars in California in a court case that was there. There are three new cases out, three new people accusing Usher, which are two women and a man. Okay, that's fine. Let's, let's go with that. Uh, what happened this week was one of the female accusers came out and did a press conference with the lawyer. And then one of those accusers was obese. And so what came down was a whole lot of Internet fat shaming, uh, essentially saying that there's no way that Usher could have had sex with this woman because she was so large. In fact, a lot of very famous uh, people in the industry, basically Usher's boys, if you will, uh, straight out said there's no way this happened because she was too fat lots of fat shaming going on there let's let's back away from the fact that apparently there's new reports coming out from Usher's camp saying that Usher actually does not have the disease herpes so why do he pay the other person we don't know saying that he did not expose all these people to it because he doesn't have it and they're just suing for frivolous lawsuits is a whole other issue. That's something that you can actually battle on. But battling on the fact that Usher didn't sleep with a woman because she's fat is kind of the wrong stance to take. But that a lot of people really got hot about that one over the week. Number six story is the ride manufacturer from the um, Comet ride that that literally fell apart in the Ohio State Fair a few weeks ago, or about a month ago. Uh, that whole malfun- the whole malfunction came to what was called excessive corrosion. Now, after the ride failed, all of the rides across the nation uh, by that manufacturer were brought back into the house so they can check them out and see what was going on. Uh, many of them were in not so great states of affair, not so great in their maintenance, but this one was extremely bad. As I said, the levels of corrosion were so bad, it was essentially just a matter of time before something would go wrong. The problem is it went wrong while people were riding on this 
thing in the Ohio State Fair. One person died, 11 or eleven people totally hurt, uh, 10 people hurt in the incident there. And, of course, that ride obviously taken off of the rotation forever from the fair. The levels of liability have not quite been figured out, so whether it's going to fall totally on the Ohio State Fair um, organizers, the people that they that they contract out to run the rides, maybe the manufacturer may be at fault for not bringing it in a little earlier. We will see in the week coming down how this comes down and who actually gets the ultimate blame or who shares the blame for this big issue. Our number four story, we did a lot of sports this week, and the number four story is Steph Curry, who shot a 74 in his debut of the Web.com Golf Tour. He's officially an official golfer official pro golfer not just uh amateur guy uh, playing with some with some guys in one of the big events he got a card he got in and he got a chance to get a chance to qualify for the event now the sad part of that if you'll say it's sad part is he didn't make the cut on for the weekend so thursday and friday were okay but okay for you know us level golfers it wasn't good enough to make it into the money rounds and make any money and get a big win so his first shot out we're not sure how many actual appearances Steph will make on the tour and of course his real love and real money maker is playing basketball so obviously he won't be focused that much on golf in the in season for basketball but with many months until they start they start any training camps golf is you know it's a walk it's a long walk spoil, as Mark Twain would say. So it is some exercise, and it is skill, and it's something that a lot of the players that do play, um, a lot of athletes on the younger levels are playing at a very high level. They say that Tony Romo has a fairly good golf game, and he was probably somebody that, when he retired, could have went through and did some golf and played a couple of rounds. Of course, he's preparing for a new season in his life, you know, calling football on television with CBS. But we will see coming up soon whether Steph Curry will be shredding it on the links as well as he shreds it on the court. That's up to be seen. Our number three story for the week goes to the Mormon Church. An official James J. Hamula has been excommunicated. He's been, yeah, they do that these days. The Mormon Church, the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, their official name, has left, or, or at least he has left the building and has left him behind in all, all rites and rituals. He is no longer employed and no longer a official member of the church to practice the Mormon religion. Now, what came down? We don't exactly know. They didn't really state what was what the problem was, but they did state it wasn't about teaching false doctrine and it wasn't about doing anything that was, you know, at least as far as we can tell, a low-down illegal. He wasn't out there uh, saying bad things about the people in his religion, but he still had to be cut from his fairly high job in the church anyway. It's the first time in about 30 years that anyone's been excommunicated from the church and in some cases, they get to come back just after a long time of pain and suffering, if you will, just kind of getting back into the good graces of the church. The number two story of the week goes to David Letterman, who's coming back to TV to save us all uh, with a six-episode talk show coming to Netflix, coming around um, early 2018. Now, this will be hour-long interviews with Dave and other people, famous people, obviously, that will... Well, we're not really sure exactly the format other than just Dave sitting with a person talking for an hour, which sounds like a good thing to me. The biggest thing about Netflix right now is they're bringing as many people as they can to uh, keep the people watching on the Netflix. Netflix has had a blow this week we'll talk about in some of the stories that didn't quite make it or a blow coming up in future years, I should say. Uh, But Netflix is doing its best to continue on the route of having great 
new and premiere programming exclusively to the platform. Of course, Chelsea Handler has her show, which is essentially Chelsea Lately, which was on E, but now in short spurts on Netflix. So they tape it and you can watch it whenever you want to because people found people aren't really staying up late to watch Chelsea. They're just watching it later anyway. So why not just tape it and let people watch when they feel like it? Same thing for David Letterman. He'll have a six-episode talk show out very soon, 2018, not that far away. And the number one story is sort of a split and sort of a sadness, but sort of a gladness is a moving on for Usain Bolt, who is retiring uh, after this past weekend. He ran in his final races, uh, but this one particular that we had in conversations were the race of the uh, final 100-meter dash, if you will, the final 100-meter run, the straight run between him and the all the competitors on the field. He actually came in third in the race. So this is the first time in nearly 10 years he's lost one of these races. Of course, this is the race that determines the quote-unquote fastest man in the world. And that goes to, that title is now held unofficially by USA's Justin Gatlin. So we should be happy about that. But there's an issue with Justin Gatlin. He gets to play the true villain role because Gatlin's been kicked out of racing a couple times in the last couple of years for the use of various performance-enhancing drugs and other drugs, filling drug tests, doping, straight-out doping, if you will. So Justin Gatlin, who's back in good graces to enough to race in the World Championships, got the win in this one. As we said, uh, Bolt actually came in third in this race, but of course he is wrapping things up. Now, it wasn't his final race. He still had the 4 by 100 race to run. I believe that is this weekend. I don't think it's run been, been run yet because I haven't seen a lot of a lot of talk about that. So maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Maybe I missed it in the late part of the conversation. This, of course, came out uh, on Saturday over the weekend. So it was an early story that kept lots and lots of life throughout the whole week with the ending of the career, at least of running career, for Usain Bolt. And those are your top ten stories for the week voted on by you. You literally told us which stories were more important to you, so we use that to compile them. Now, we take of the listings and all the activity that goes in the stories from Twitter, from Facebook, and our website. We put it in a spreadsheet. We add some calculations. We hit a bunch of keys because we're not smart enough to do the math ourselves, and it gives us a ranking for all the stories for the week, and those were, as we said, in reverse order, 10 to 1, the top stories of the week. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook. Look for This is the Conversation and make sure we're set your notifications to see us in your feed. And whenever you see a story, like it, love it, hate it, cry on it if you want to. If it's for uh, Facebook, uh, reply to it, share it, retweet it. Do what you can to show that it's an interesting story and share it with other people to get more people involved. That way we have greater conversations and greater stories, a great mix of stories in the top 10. This was a great mix of stories in the top 10. And what was really good about it was the the um, the distance between 1, one and just between one and 10 was, was a good chunk, about 250% there. But this one between 2 and 1, only about, um, only about 85 votes or so with a quick look over that. So a lot of people caring about David Letterman, a lot of people caring about Usain Bolt apparently. Now, if you care about the brackets, you'll hear about that coming up in just a bit. I will play this week. Uh, I'm having a little trouble finding people to play the brackets because I'm not the best at scheduling people in time these days. But I will play the brackets myself. We'll see which of the stories will be the two I get a chance to comment on as the most important stories, I believe, for the week. Coming up in just a bit.
one of the drivers behind the original idea of this project for this is the conversation was to gather information for surveys. I was working on a project for my MBA program, and what we were missing was great data to look into issues that I wanted to explore. And I had various ways to pull data from various different entities, including a, a segment from the radio show I was working on at the time and some data points we got from a service uh, here at work as well. But I needed something that was independent and I could control, if you will, and something that I could use for more greater stories and more greater input. And that became the Conversation Survey Panel. Now, what it is at this moment is literally a survey panel. It's a way for you to come into our survey panel. You take a quick survey that goes through some easy demographic stuff, and then when we get people that want to get your information, we put you in the pipeline to get their questions. They send us the questions. We set up the surveys. We send them to you. You click on the button to do the survey, and when you do the survey, you get paid. We pay you directly through PayPal. It's the simplest way we can do it. It's a very um, small operation. It's not massively large, which is why it's able to work out as well as it does and also why it works. Now, one thing that I'm a big fan of are online surveys or survey companies that allow you to do small surveys for pennies to the dollars on, on things. It's something I participated in myself personally. But the problem was many of the ones I was getting into turned into very long circle jerks, if you will, pardon my language, uh, in just trying to get to a survey, let alone getting to the survey and getting paid for it. So a survey that would offer me up 25 cents for, uh, for a five-minute survey, I would never even get to because it would take me 10 minutes to go through two or three different qualifying surveys looking at my demographics because it was supposedly optimally random and then would tell me I wouldn't qualify. And it was really painful trying to get to the higher dollar surveys from some of these services. And some of them, believe it or not, are owned by the same people. They're the same people, different brand names, different divisions that just circle things around and work for the same folks. So what you're doing is filling out the same surveys from the same people in the same different building with different names on them, which is why you don't qualify for them because you've already done it for one and they're just blindly sending them out to you. We don't send them out completely blind. We get your demographics, we put you in a pool for ideas, and then we take specific surveys from specific people to make sure that what they were looking for is good data. We send them to you and you send them good data and we get you paid directly via PayPal. Now, the whole operation may get a bit more complicated as this funding gets bigger, but it's a great way to get yourself into greater conversations and know that your voice is being heard in these big things. So when people no longer call you on the phone for phone surveys very often. I get those every so often as well because I'm sort of in that batch to see how things are going. But you don't get those very often. You don't have the ones back around 20 years ago. They would literally send you a couple bucks in the mail and hope that you would return their item. They pay you up front, and it's up to you to do it. These try to make you accountable on the front end, and so we do our best to make sure that you get something good for your work on the front end and don't have to wait for anything on the back end. So if you want to get a chance to get your conversations heard by people who are going to pay you big money, or maybe not big money, but pay you real money uh, to get real good, honest feedback, it's simple. Go to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Click on the link for that, and you will get a chance to fill out a very quick survey that's asking for some quick demographics. So we can put you in some sort of buckets, believe it or not, and then when the surveys come that fit that demographic, we'll send it to you. Simple. 
just like that. You'll get paid via PayPal, and it's it works out. Just, it's pretty simple. We can't explain it any better than that. This is the conversation.com slash survey panel, and get yourself registered today. It is time to play the brackets, and unfortunately, I'm my own guest for the bracket game this week. So, Jake Levin Payne playing the personal brackets, and we are working on ways to make sure that you can get a chance to play them as well. We're going to make that so it's not a labor-intensive thing. Uh, it's got to be able to be calculated without, you know, us having to do all the number crunching. I did have someone else, an assistant, help me out this week. So we have a specific formula to help calculate or to say recalculate and reshuffle the stories in the top 10 that have nothing to do with the actual numbers of engagements that we had. So they don't get shuffled by who who saw more of them. They get shuffled in a more or less random way. It's it's a formula, but it's, but it's randomizes things a little bit. So I can tell you where the stories lied during the week in the top 10 as I pull them out this week. So this week will be a very extra special because we can do that for the first time. And, of course, we're working on ways to make the brackets a bit more of a mobile game, if you will, something easy enough to play on your cell phone uh, that you can get some sort of result with. And when we do that, that means we'll have prizes. So that's going to be the really coolest thing about that. Now the rules. It's a bracket game. It's just like you, when it comes time for NCAA basketball, you have a bracket of stories that come down and go to a next level. We have 10 stories to talk about, so if a bracket can only hold eight in this case, I get a chance to pass on a group of two if I don't want to talk about them. If I don't pass on the first eight, obviously the last one does not get talked about into next level. So there are three rounds, round one, round two, and then round three, of course, has two stories. I get a chance to talk about both of them, but I get more time on the top story of the week, the one I deem that one. So you get extra commentary based on me, and it won't be an interviewer-style commentary because can't really interview myself i will monologue it and hopefully you will enjoy so let's go ahead and start with the first two stories in the bracket bracket number one goes to the fifth story of the week which is ride manufacturer says excessive corrosion led to fatal malfunction in ohio state fair sorry i can't read today and number three mormon church official james j hamula excommunicated first leader kicked out in decades we're going to go ahead and skip that one we're just going to just call that one a day and be done with those two the next two are the number two story of the week uh, is David Letterman returns to TV in a six-episode talk show with Netflix coming in 2018. And number 10 story of the week, Hurricane Franklin weakens the tropical storm after a landfall in Mexico. Let's move on with David Letterman's story for this week. It goes to the next round. Next two stories are Steph Curry shoots 74 in his web.com golf debut. And Justin Gatlin takes a win in the match. Up in the final 100 meters for Usain Bolt. That's two sports stories back to back. It worked. That's how the formula worked out. I'm going with Steph. We're going to go with Steph Curry. We're going to move him forward in that one as well. Number six story of the week: Usher's accuser comes forward and faces fat shaming from the internet. And number eight story of the week is Investor Bank Benchmark Capital sues ex CEO Travis Kalanick for fraud. This is where. And this is why I was going to call this the unfair brackets because it's unfair. I really, really want to jump into this Usher story, the Usher accuser story. Again, I did some talk on the early week. I'm going to actually jump on the Uber bandwagon and move the Uber story forward because that's when I think is going to win this thing out. Um, just so happens that um, I have some harsh words for Mr. Travis Kanalik 
that may come out as well. And this one is number seven story, which is Fox News suspense Eric Bowling after report of lewd text messages. And the number nine story, tornado eyed in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with at least 25 hurt. We're going to move Mr. Bowling forward, and we're going to duke it out between Mr. Kanalik and Mr. Bowling. Next round moves on to David Letterman versus Steph Curry. We're going to push on with Dave. Dave makes it to the next round. In the next round, or in this round, we go to push uh, Uber and Travis and Alex bad issues with Fox News and Eric Bowling's bad issues. Uh, we're going to push um, eight, but I think my commentary is going to kind of cover both, if you will, so apologize for that. And that means the top two stories fight between Dave Letterman returns to TV and Travis Knalik being pushed out of Uber officially. And I'm going with the Uber story as the number one story for the week. So that's the one I will begin talking with and get the most time on. And today I'll try to be very brief. But why is that the biggest story of the week? It sort of apes on the fact of the other story in the top ten and some other stories that have been very prominent in the last couple of weeks on, I want to say, random white guys acting privileged and just doing things as they feel like they can do. Uh, we will talk more in the stories we didn't get into the top ten about the guy from Google who got himself fired for writing the manifesto. But this is a trend that, unfortunately, because of the times, is something that's an obvious trend that people still can't do anything about, but you can get easily outraged for people doing really silly, really stupid stuff. Now, Travis Kanalik, uh could be a fairly decent guy, for all I know. But from what I can tell from his dealings with people, his dealings with his company, and the way he let things handle, and essentially the life, the bro life, uh, the story that behind the whole Uber thing in its first place, He's just, you know, a kid and a kid at heart. He may be a kid in his 30s now, but he started off as a kid, made this thing, and, and because of, let's be honest, dumb luck and timing of technology in the markets, his thing worked. He's not the only person doing a ride-sharing app. In fact, they get around the ride-sharing app name by calling it a technology company uh, because ride-sharing is saying that you're just allowing people to find other folks who pick people up and go. Uh, it's something similar happens in D.C. where there are parking lots all over the area there where people just line up looking for people for rides and people willing to drive them into town will drive them into town and they are just kind of on their own for rides back because they just line up when they're leaving town and get back to home. They, they call it slugging and it's something that a lot of people find very, very useful because it lets people who can't use the carpool lane use the carpool lane and it lets people who don't want to burn the gas get back and forth to work. But this isn't it. This is something that is a simple idea. It's a taxi service, letting regular people do taxi things, and trying to get around that is the issue. The main way to try to get around that is, is, of course, the whole autonomous car thing. So it's really behooving to them to make autonomous cars and autonomous um, driving technology a popular thing for people to use. Now, there are many people in that business as well, that being Google, and the big issue around Uber is the fact that they stole Uber's technology, they stole Google's technology, and they stole Google's people to make it work. That's the kind of thing you do if you're cheating on an exam. That's the kind of thing you're trying to do if you think you'll get away with something. And that's essentially what the kid was doing. He thought he could get away with being one of the, uh, the Silicon Valley bros. He thought the fact that he was worth a billion dollars based on the whole new unicorn thing in stock value, when in actuality uh, it ain't really cash, that he can get away with a lot of things 
maybe not murder, but uh, something really akin to close to it. So some of these guys, through the sheer luck of being who they are, and most of them are literally just random white guys who happen to be in the right place at the right time and sometimes yank the right technology from somebody and played it up well, gets to be the man in front. There's a lot of talk about a lot of just jerk action about a lot of big-time CEO people these days. Uh, we You joke about... Um, Joke about um, um, Zuckerberg uh, being kind of out of it, just being the goofy kid, when he's actually a pretty con- uh, cunning and con- conniving guy, uh, just playing up the kind of goofy thing. But sometimes he gets stuck in that goofy kid persona, and his will doesn't quite work out with the will of the world. We've really been railing against uh, Elon Musk lately for just essentially being a genius, but also seemingly being a real, real personal jerk. But the genius parts overtakes everything else. So everybody wants what he has. But trust me, nobody particularly wants the life that he's living because it seems like it's pretty dull and pretty miserable, to be honest. So these guys who run these things that we kind of look up to as the pillars of technology and the pillars of business sometimes are just pillars of douchiness, to be honest. They just aren't really that great. And because they got lucky and got money and people are groveling over them because of that, turns into a sense of uh, just a sense of entitlement that even the the old money knows is ridiculous whether he gets a chance to stick around at uber or not is irrelevant to me because i don't use the service and we'll see whether regulations will kill the service and if it truly becomes a the, the cab companies can figure out a way to steal autonomous car technology and so they can fire all of their drivers and then have their cars drive for cheap but we'll figure out how that works out in the end run but for right now a guy like um canalis canalic and uh, just the culture in silicon valley of the people who've made it versus the people trying to make it there's got to be a change there's got to be some way for these people to realize they aren't you know exactly who they think they are. You know they both have. They all have to put their pants on one leg at a time. They're you know they they have to all have to wipe their butts. All sort of just regular things. Why some of these people really can't have the empathy and get it, and especially people who have the ability to make it to these upper echelons of success that people look up look up to and people should be trying to emulate in that way. Except they can't have any sort of just regular life that people can even aspire to want to semi-copy because they just come out as jerks that is beyond me it doesn't mean you should stop trying to work hard that means you should work harder at not being a jerk as you work hard and the number two story of the week was going to be david letterman's return to tv now the uh, the idea on on this is the fact that there are very few new ideas on TV. A guy talking to another guy in an interview for an hour is essentially something that's been tried and true since the caveman days. Uh, uh, Carpool Karaoke is essentially an interview show in which people sit in cars and maybe sing a couple songs. It's all the same thing. It's not anything that's necessarily um, creative about each and any other of, of, of them. They just have some small little hook to make them different. Now, as we purposely splinter ourselves for our attention and find things that are more banal to to pay attention to for whatever reason, it comes at a cost that, you know, our our sanity, if you will. If we keep looking for really stupid, really cheap information, really cheap thrills, we'll lose out on the fact that the really big interactive things, really big intellectual things really mean something. 
Now, my niece and my nephew are in their teens, and they can sit and watch those YouTube um, videos all day long where all they have is, is young kids respond, responding to things that were done back when I was a kid that don't make any sense. You have, you know, you know, 12-year-olds trying to operate a Walkman or uh, people watching old-time TV, which back in my day was still old-time, but we watched it on the actual TV. People were reacting to music from um, the 80s as, you know, people who were born in 94, things like that that, that just um, are weird, are kind of quick and easy, and, you know, soundbite grab things. But we can't really get a hold of things that really mean much for the grand scheme of things. So I'm great, grateful, I guess, that David Letterman's coming back to TV. He's not taking anybody's spot on TV, which is kind of cool. So all the TV jobs are still as they are. Maybe there are too many TV jobs as they are, but that's a good thing. But maybe we should be looking into creating more things with more younger people. This might be me being a bit bitter about not having a bigger position, uh, but maybe we should do more in the promotion of the younger people so that they understand why the older things worked, do work, and should still work in some cases so that the next Tonight Show host is not just hosting a 10-minute show doing nothing but YouTube clips because, trust me, that sounds like the way things are going. And that's me, Jay Cleveland Payne, playing the brackets with myself uh, for this week that ended August the 12th, 2017. This works out a lot better when I get a chance to talk to someone and have a real conversation, so that is that. But in the meantime, we'll keep working on people to have these conversations with and more people to play brackets with and get outside information because I like to be surprised. I can't surprise myself so much. Hopefully you enjoyed my commentary, and in just a minute we'll get on with the show and talk about the other stories that didn't quite make the cut for the top 10. So we've gone through the top 10. We've played the brackets. Now let's talk about uh, a couple of the other stories that didn't quite make it. We have a lot of stories uh, that we had to sift through, of course, and we are having issues with being brief. So that's something we are working on day by day, podcast by podcast. 72 official stories throughout the week that were there. And so we had 10 that were really big, big enough to talk about twice in a sense. So let's get on to some other ones that didn't make it. Barely making the cut was another guy acting badly, farmer bro Martin Shrecky. Uh, he was charged on eight counts of fraud, mostly securities fraud type things, which we're dealing with not the company that owned EpiPen, but the company he worked before that, where he literally was stealing money from that company to hedge some bets and feel out some bad investments from the company he had before that. That's not right. That's called fraud. And three of those counts were found guilty. And so fairly soon we will see some sentencing on that. He, of course, went to social media the night after he was found guilty of those three charges and basically said he's going to get off anyway. We'll see how that works out. We had a lot of people just were not acting right this week. A very late story that almost made it to the top ten as well is from Jeffrey Lord, who formerly uh, was a part of the CNN uh, yakking head team that talked about Trump all night. That stopped as of last night because Jeffrey Lord uh, gave a response on Twitter to someone calling him out with a Sieg Heil, which is what you said as you did the old Nazi salute back in Hitler days. CNN wising up to the fact that Jeffrey Lord went over the top, way over this time, 
backed away from that one. Of course, um, um, Anderson Cooper literally said on the air that Jeffrey Lord would defend Donald Trump if he, quote, took a crap on his desk. And then they had to apologize to Jeffrey for that. Uh, Jeffrey got no apologies for what he did. He just got the quick can. Coming soon to YouTube Red is The Return of the Karate Kid, a show that is tentatively called Cobra Kai, uh, which will feature Ralph Macchio and William Zabda uh, going head-to-head in karate competition at the age of 50 or something. I'm not quite sure. But, yes, uh, the Karate Kid and Johnny will face off, in some sense, in a YouTube series coming fairly soon. Taylor Swift went to court this week, and she is on trial for or actually, this uh, this is the weird thing about it. She's on trial defending herself from a former DJ who she accused of groping her at an event. From that, the chain of events came down to the DJ losing his job for all the bad publicity. Now this, now here we are. The DJ wants three million dollars from Miss Swift because he lost his job and he can't get a good job because he seemed like a bad guy in the world. Taylor Swift only wants $1 because that's all she needs in damages that he has to pay to make him accountable. So she pays a dollar. It's on the record. We'll see how this thing goes. He uh, testified early on Monday saying that, yeah, the picture looks a little weird, but all I did was put my arm around her, just kind of maybe a long tug around her waist. She said, oh, no, there was no waist about it. It was under the clothes. It was on my flesh. It was up on my butt. He was grabbing her a little too long. It was more than weird. It was gross. He said, she said, we'll see which said gets the ending of that one fairly soon. And we'll go straight from that to the ta-ta-ta, which has become an Internet sensation uh, if you have ta-tas. And you have ta-tas that work this thing out. And luckily, we'll be done with ta-ta-tals after this week. Now, the ta-ta-ta is essentially a, uh, a towel. There you go that you sling over your shoulders that does nothing but hold up your tatas. So you can do what you need to do and, you know, deal with your boob sweat with your ta-ta towel. Many people are calling this thing ingenious. Many people are calling this thing extremely silly. Many people are calling this thing um, a waste of their time because it keeps popping up in their news feeds. I would be one of those people. However, the ta-ta towel, uh, it's been kind of a week-and-a-half-long Internet thing that's grown and now starting to shrink, no pun intended, uh, is a thing that apparently is a big deal, and you can grab a couple for a fairly big price. However, you must be a C-cup to uh, to apply because they only work at a certain size. Tatas must be at the right size tata to tata. Sinead O'Connor uh, is, uh, gave a Facebook Live or gave a live feed of something. I don't know if it was on Facebook or what, but I saw clips of the video, and she says she's not doing so well. She's suicidal. She's asked for help. She's living in a motel in New Jersey, and she calls it the arse end of New Jersey, which you can figure out which side of the Jersey is the arse end. Uh, but she is uh, obviously not doing well, and many people are calling out the music community and those folks who take care of folks in that community uh, for not stepping up to play to fix this. Now, they say very often we have issues with people in the industry of being famous that all of a sudden come on to hard times. Sometimes it's on their own. Sometimes it's it's because of other issues and they have troubles re-engineering, re-engineering themselves into the world because they used to be famous. This is calling out the people who are already famous or still famous for not taking care of one of their own. We had various suicides in the past couple months uh, that 
that brings home this point of people who are super famous and don't know how to uh, basically engage with regular people, if you will. So a regular person can't really connect with them that are losing their lives, losing their sanity, being suicidal and can't really handle the real world. And some of their famous friends who are still famous don't want to deal with them because they're dealing with those issues. And maybe some issues come a bit closer to home. Sinead O'Connor probably getting some help fairly soon from somebody, hopefully famous, uh, maybe not so famous. And we'll get back on track so that she's not at least doing crazy videos from motels in New Jersey. But we'll see exactly how this thing plays out as well. The Google employee who wrote a memo on gender stereotypes got himself fired. James Danmore believes he is being singled out and his freedom of speech is being uh, blanked out. I don't believe that, and I also wrote something on that in one of my other side projects. I have an email newsletter that goes out telling people what I produced in all my projects each week, and I give some commentary in that email. This week's commentary was the fact that freedom of speech uh, also allows you the freedom to basically not talk at all when no one wants to hear what you have to say and sometimes people believe what they say um, is a bit more important and a bit more universal than it actually is and they often are surprised because why would they not be uh, this guy is no longer working at google his the parent company alphabet of course i had to fire him because just the bad pub on what's going on google itself dealing with some issues with gender um gender lawsuits as well which tends to be all the norm all the rage in some of the Silicon Valley things uh, so they're trying to cut themselves loose of anyone uh, who can be a liability in that case this case it's a guy who um, wrote a little memo decided to talk about his ideas on gender stereotypes saying that the reason that men or women are different and that's why they get paid differently yeah sorry about that Mr. Damore. And the former president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, dropping F-bombs on Fox, I'm sorry, on CNN. Uh, he had a statement early on in the, in the Trump um, candidacy when Trump was saying, we're building a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. He flat out said, um, I'm not paying for this effing wall. In an interview a few days ago, based on the, uh, early in the week, uh, Allison Camarado on CNN's New Day uh, asked Mr. Fox about, who's now longer president, about how things are going now, and he basically stated that, um, as he said earlier, when I was president, I said, I'm not building the effing wall. He, of course, said the effing word in there, and then when he repeated it again, he, he actually um, actually censored himself. The look on Allison's face as it went down and her apologies for people watching early TV and not expecting uh, the language was classic, but the language itself was classic as well. And finally, Bill Burr apologizes to the world for doing something that um, has become a pain to all of us around the world. And it is setting up a protocol for really complicated passwords that are short but contain uh, random characters plus some um, numbers and uh, upper and lower case. He says when he wrote this back in 2003, he didn't quite get how big the Internet was going to get. No one really did. And he wrote it based off protocols uh, that were essentially started back in the 1980s. In 2017, he is one of many people who are saying it's much better to just have long strings of actual words because it's not so much the, the, the characters that are used, but it's the length of the password that makes it hard to crack. If a cracker is looking for random, random characters or random things, 
It's not so much that you have a bunch of random characters because it's going at random. It's looking for the length. The, the shorter it is, the faster it is to come up with the combinations. So if you just use regular words and have them in longer strings, 12 characters or longer, it's better than something that is six to eight characters that has a bunch of gobbledygook in it. So he apologizes, but we're pretty much stuck where we are. And we have to celebrate the loss of life, the deaths of way too many people this week. We have five people listed and an extra one I'll talk about in a second. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies announced the death of Darren Dutch Dalton. We also had another baseball star that we lost as well. The notes are in good, aren't in good order, so I apologize for that. Former American League MVP and MLB manager Don Baylor also dying as well. A lot of big, funny Don Baylor stories were told over the last couple of days. That that you know, showing how the old school guys got down back in the day. We lost legendary Broadway performer Barbara Cook. We also lost Glenn Campbell after his battle with Alzheimer's. And we have the death of original Stephen Wolf keyboardist Goldie McJohn. Uh, and one more celebration of passing of life that's happened a few weeks ago. We go back to Adam West. It was once again announced that um, he is ready to be Batman again, even though he is no longer with us. He is in the animated version, uh, animated um, movie coming out, Batman versus Two-Face. And he had already finished all of his parts. That was the good news. He's reprising his role with his sidekick, his former Robin Burt Ward, and they're doing it against um, a pretty big foe in TV and everything else in William Shatner, who's playing Harvey Dent, which, of course, probably means he's also the voice of Two-Face as well. So the actual wrap-up of the production essentially now done. They're getting ready to produce and distribute the actual animated film. Adam West will be Batman one more time so we get a chance to show some love for who I'll say is my favorite Batman, even though you know Michael Keaton is a pretty tough for us for one A second part. Uh, we all love and all know the silly, funny, goofy 60s Batman, and this is the man that brought Batman to life to pretty much all of us. Those are the rest of the stories, or a big chunk of the rest of the stories. So as you say, about 72 total stories for the week. Thank you so much for being a part of our full week and helping us pick out all the top stories and the stories that really, really matter to you. One more time, let me tell you how you can be a part of the shows. All you got to do is be in the social media, be on your Twitter, be on your Facebook, just like you normally do, and react to our stories as they come and share them to as many people as you can. Look for us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Look for us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Stop by our website, thisistheconversation.com, uh, for the stories, number one, our sponsors who help us keep things going, and two, I guess that would be three, actually, a way to get into our conversation survey panel, which is really simple. Just fill out the form, and you're in the panel. You get a chance to get paid for your conversational actions, get paid for your opinions, just like that. You go to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel, and bam, it make it happen. We'll make that all happen. Find out more about my other projects, including how to get in on my newsletter by going to my main website, jclivenpain.net. Thank you so much for just being a part of all that's going on. Share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it, and, of course, rate and review so other people see how well we are doing. And be here again as we get another podcast in. Coming on Monday, of course, we'll have the daily recap podcast for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
then five days a week of podcasts for the recaps on those days. And then next Saturday, we'll go back in time seven days and tell you which stories are the top ten that you talked about, that you told us about, that you wanted to be the biggest conversations of the week from This Is The Conversation. Thank you so much, and we'll join you again in podcast mode, in social media mode, in real-time mode if you want to. Hook, hook up, and we'll hook up together. From me, Jake Green Payne, and this is a conversation.com.